0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle.
1: The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. And it's time now for The Bigger Picture. Ryan, let's take a look at Asian markets right now. I mean, when they first opened, we saw them carry that momentum. What are
0: you looking at? The momentum from Wall Street, that is. Yes, all green on the screen so far from Asia. So extending the gains from yesterday and building on the comeback rally from Wall Street, which Mm. had a pretty brutal week last week. So it's a bit of a rebound. And the big question is, now, how much can it continue going for? Because we've been hearing from many leaders, business leaders, Elon Musk, economist Norel Rubini, the likes of Goldman Sachs, all warning about a recession on the horizon. So, is this something you get excited about? Now, let's get a bigger picture from Eddie Lowe. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Maybank Group Wealth Management. Morning, Eddie. How are you doing today?
1: Hi morning, Ryan.
0: Hey, Eddie, let's get your overview first on what's happening in the markets. What are you taking away from the current rebound? Is there enough reason for markets to move further from here and build on that momentum?
1: Right. I think uh, given the brutal sell-off that's been been witnessing been over the past few weeks, I think it's not surprising that uh, we are seeing some, you know, short-term rebound and investors coming in from some market hunting. Mm. However, I think we are not ready to say that the worst is over given the still many uncertainties out there, you know, in Inflation is still climbing and yet to show signs of moderation. And this will cause central banks to remain hawkish. And that will have a negative impact on growth and, as well as corporate earnings. And in fact, we think that consensus earnings are vulnerable to further downgrade. And that will have a negative impact on market performance. So while equities have retreated to, you know, closer to historical average valuation, it could overshoot to the downside. And so we do see more downside risk in the weeks and months
0: ahead. Eddie, how much of a downside or magnitude of mm-hmm. this downside are we looking at? How bad is the situation when you look at the commentary coming through from companies? Are they able to pass right. on these higher cost pressures? And all the talk about recession, how high is your expectation of one coming?
1: If you look at the macro headwinds, you know there are definitely rising macro headwinds. As I mentioned, you know the tighter monetary policy to combat inflation. And with the Fed, actually, rates now projected to exceed 3.5% by year-end by the end of this year. And uh, the question is actually, I think that uh, there's an increasing question or uh, uncertainty whether the Fed can actually tame inflation without causing a uh, mm-hmm. recession. Particularly the fact we are actually seeing signs of weakening U.S. consumer confidence, retail sales. And if you look at the existing home sales overnight, it was down 3.4% percent mm-hmm. uh, month of month So it's a reflection of a weakening uh, economic growth. And that is going to impact corporate earnings. So whether they can pass on that costfully, we really doubt so, and that will, and basically, we see risk downside risk on margins, and that will actually impact profit. So, I think if you look at consensus, we were looking at S and P five hundred. Consensus were actually projecting ten percent annum growth for the next two years. And we thought that that is actually a little bit optimistic.
0: Mm. And you pointed out tightening monetary policy. You've seen that mm-hmm. coming through from the Fed, the RBA in Australia, the BOE, many central banks doing so, except Japan and <laughs> also China. Bucking the trend, mm. would those mm-hmm. places be where investors should be looking for increased exposure? What's your approach towards China right now, where we are still seeing right. COVID-0
1: policies still in effect? Right. In, indeed, I think China is somewhat an anomaly in terms of inflation versus the rest of the world. And that has actually enabled the central bank, the T D O C to actually adopt a slightly more easy monetary policy stance to support growth. In fact, there has also been a slew of uh, positive news flows, like, for example, the 33-point plan to boost the economy, mm. approval of gaming licenses, which, you know, increases confidence that, hey, maybe the tightening of the... The tech sector is coming, uh, closing, uh, coming to closing. And plus the fact that we are actually seeing some form of uh, stabilizing macro data in terms of retail sales as well as industrial production. But I think one key thing that keeps us from being overly optimistic or overly excited about China is really that stringent zero COVID strategy. I mean, we've seen it in most recently in Shenzhen, right, where they are doing mass testing mm-hmm. just because of a few cases. And then previously there was in Beijing, in Shanghai as well. So this very cautious approach towards uh, COVID. I think that will dampen the pace of recovery, be it for the economy or market. So based on our projections, we think it's increasingly unlikely for China to hit the 2022 GDP target of 5.5%. Five 5. Our target is actually at 4.5%. Mm. So while the market, we think that you know, a lot of the negative has been priced in, so unlikely to test new lows. But the upside may be kept due to both domestic as well as external uncertainties.
0: Yeah, lots of uncertainties in the background and something to watch out for around the horizon. With that in mind, Eddie, mm-hmm. what is the current approach investors should be taking right now this year? Is bargain hunting still something they should be you know, looking for? Because if we look at how that's played out mm-hmm. in the past few occasions, you know, you mm-hmm. buy on a cheap price, it just gets lower. And this right. may be because we are now in the midst of a bear market. So how should investors reduce their risk in this current environment?
1: Right. We are actually advising our investors or clients really not to be aggressive, not to take aggressive bets in this current juncture. In fact, we have actually turned more cautious uh, risk assets uh, as we proceed towards first half. I mean, the unexpected Russia-Ukraine war, the stringent China-COVID lockdowns that is actually complicating matters for global inflation. So we have actually downgraded uh, equities, in fact, to underweight and uh, suggesting our clients to reduce their portfolio risk exposure, seek shelters in defensive sectors such as healthcare and staples that have a lower earnings risk. And basically, in fact, uh, increase cash exposure, increase the cash buffer, and reduce portfolio to leverage if necessary, just to make sure that you're well hedged or well-mitigated against any downside risk.
0: Okay, and just to wrap things up, um, could you expand on that and give us a glimpse Mm -hmm. into how things are setting up for the second half? Where should investors be repositioning their portfolio in terms of asset allocation? What have been some of the tweaks you've been doing in the past few months? And you put out increased cash buffer. I imagine that could be something to be used for when things turn around. So what will it take for you to get more confident about the markets again to get back in?
1: Right, I think the markets will remain volatile until we see more clarity. On the inflation front, because then it will allow the central banks, including the Fed, to at least you know stop tightening so aggressively, and that will have that will I think I think will have some easing or supportive effect for the economy as well as the markets. But in the meantime, I think until we see that until we see that, I think we will want to really stay defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I mentioned, <clears throat> underweight uh, equities, um, mm-hmm. seek uh, shelter in defensive sectors, and avoid actually. Uh, markets that are more vulnerable. For example, Europe. We, are actually, have, we have actually have an underweight funds on Europe given its higher exposure to the Russia-UK conflict. And the ECB will also have to tighten to combat inflation. But I think more importantly, it's not just about staying within one asset class. I think at this juncture, it is very important to make sure that you have a diversified, well-diversified portfolio mm. in order to mitigate the downside risk. So, so basically, you also need to actually pursue asset selection with a focus on valuation and quality mm. to make sure they're well positioned for potential downturn. So, you know, have some exposure in equities defensively, but at the same time, I think it's good to have, um, you know, see for some defensive carry through fixed income. Uh, we are actually turning less negative on fixed income because we think that upward pressures on yields will be dampened by the growth concerns and we, we do see uh, some opportunities for defensive carry in high quality investment grade credits.
0: Time to review a portfolio to see uh, what is working and what's not looking at the fundamentals a bit more closely. Let me turn with Eddie Lowe. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Main Bank Group Wealth Management. Eddie, thanks for your time, and we will catch up again with you soon. Yeah,
1: thank you very much.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or
1: download our audio app,